we see in this picture here, on, your, on the left side of the picture, we have Zipporah, Moses' wife, and her two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. And then we have uh, Moses and his father-in-law, Yitro. And Yitro will come into a living relationship with the God of Israel in this chapter. We just read about that. It's one of my two favorite passages in the whole Bible about how people come to faith in God. So here's a question. We have a job to do. What does, uh, what does this picture remind you of? This, this, uh, an account in the Gospels that this, this is um, it's supposed to remind you of. What is, what is it evoking? Anyone? Well, we see Yeshua there talking to some fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and, and what? I will make you fishers of men. Thank you very much. That's what he, that's what he tells them. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. But we also are supposed to be fishing for people, fishing for people for the kingdom. We've got a job to do. But we have a challenge. The challenge is, how do we do that? Now, I want to say, by way of introduction, that people overcomplicate this. Um, they, they make it so complex and so intimidating that the majority of people who believe in Yeshua feel themselves to be exempt from sharing their faith with others because they believe it to be uh, too intimidating, uh, too risky, uh, too this, too that, too the other. I want you to know that that's really a delusion. It's, uh, someone has said it's like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's not complicated. I want to just look at some aspects of how people come to Yeshua faith, just as how did Yitro come to faith in the God of Israel? He was already a religious man. He was the priest of Midian. He was, uh, he was a clergyman in a, in a pagan religion. And yet he comes to Yeshua faith in this splendid chapter, chapter 18. So let's see what lessons we can draw from the experience of Yitro. The first thing that is, that is generally necessary and helpful in helping people come to Yeshua faith is a prior relationship of mutual regard. Yitro and Moses are not strangers, not at all. They've known each other for 40 years. Moshe spent 40 years shepherding Yitro's flock or flocks. They're very well acquainted with each other. They have a prior relationship of mutual regard. Also, they're related to each other. Yitro is the father-in-law and Moses, Moshe is the son-in-law. They, they, they have a very close relationship. This is a bridge upon which faith can be shared. If you're interested in sharing faith with people, let me say that generally it doesn't 
it doesn't work. And as a matter of fact, it's counterproductive to buttonhole strangers and give them your message. I want you to know it's more likely by far to alienate people. The first thing to do is build a relationship of mutual regard. Notice it's mutual regard. Moses bows down to his pagan father-in-law when he greets him. He shows him respect. They exchange respect. And uh, if you're going to share your faith with somebody, you can't come to them like the great liberator, like the great white father, or, or in the case of JJ, the great black father. You can't come, come to them as though you're the great benefactor and you have all the goodies and, and they have nothing to offer you, please. It must be a relationship of mutual regard. And uh, the, the, another thing they have in common, they have grandchildren. Uh, Moses is the father of Yitro's children, grandchildren. So this is a, a warm bridge of relationship. The second thing, in addition to having a relationship of mutual regard, is people need to hear stories of God's saving acts. And I would say not simply stories of God's saving acts in the Bible. That's nice. But people need to hear, well, what about, you know, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. What about now? If you've got no stories about God's activity in your life, then you don't have much to say. And people are not going to give you much of an ear. Yitro heard stories about the God of Israel. He must have heard them from his daughter, Zipporah. Moshe sent Zipporah and his two sons back to be with the father-in-law when things were heating up in Egypt. When she showed up at her father's uh, doorstep, I'm sure he asked, what are you doing here? And she could tell about what God was up to in Egypt. So he heard stories of God's saving acts from Zipporah, his daughter, perhaps from his grandchildren, Gershom and Eliezer. No doubt he heard it also from travelers in the, in the region. The story, what was going on in Egypt, these plagues, they didn't all take place in a week. Word had gotten out in the beginning of the book of Joshua uh, when Rahab, Rahab, meets the two spies who come in to spy out Jericho, she said that they've heard there in Jericho, they've heard what God has done. They heard what God had done in Egypt. It's gotten around the whole Fertile Crescent. So people who are going to come to Yeshua faith need to hear stories of God's saving activity. And, and God's, I don't mean ex extremely religious activity. Because extremely religious activity is not going to impress the average person who's not a believer yet. But they want to know about how God is real in your life. If you can't tell stories about God's presence in your life, in the lives of people you know, then you've got a problem. You heard stories also from Moshe. When Yitro shows up there at Sinai with Zipporah and Moses' two, two sons. The text says that Moshe told them all that God had done for them in Egypt. This is necessary for people to come to faith, telling stories of God's saving acts. 
Of course, for us, telling stories of God's saving acts in Yeshua, of course, telling the stories of Yeshua, what Yeshua did when I first investigated the Brit Hadashah, uh, we were reading the Gospel of John in the cafeteria of Manhattan School of Music over lunch one time a week, me with my tuna fish sandwich and either a Coke or a cup of coffee, three or four other people, maybe sometimes five, and reading, and reading the stories of Yeshua. And he soon became a hero to me. That was the Holy Spirit influencing me. So they got to hear stories. Thirdly, for people to come to faith, there comes a point where they need to, where they, they will go articulate a choice for and against. Yitro says here, now I know that there's no God like the God of Israel. I know that God is greater than all, that, that the God of Israel is greater than all the gods. He, he articulates uh, a choice that the God of Israel will be his God and that he realizes the God of Israel is superior to all other options. That's also got to happen for people. There comes a time when people, they need not only to know the stories of Yeshua, not only to smile when you tell it to them, but there comes a point when the Holy Spirit will bring them to, to make a choice and to, and to say, this is the real deal. Also, people come to Yeshua faith and people come into relationship with the God of Israel through a bonding ritual of some sort. Yitro here offers a sacrifice. It's a way of indicating, yes, indeed, the God of Israel is now my God, and he offers a sacrifice as a bonding ritual. So what are the bonding rituals by which pe when people come to Yeshua faith? Well, it's very common to talk about people praying and inviting Yeshua into their heart, which is really a nice metaphor. It's nowhere in the Bible. And people make it to be a non-negotiable. A, a non mm, not exactly. Uh, because uh, it, it's not biblical. It's a metaphor. Used to be walking forward at a meeting. I've got a story to tell. One of the finest evangelists that I ever knew was a lady named Hazel Stone. Hazel lived in San Francisco. When I met her, she was in her 70s, which at that time was extremely old. Now I'm in my 70s and it's extremely young. But Hazel lived, uh, um, lived in the uh, Tenderloin district of San Francisco. And she was an amazing evangelist, amazing. She had come to faith in Yeshua when she was 40 years old. Her mother was a believer. Hazel was a Jew. Her mother was a believer. And her mother was at the church every time the doors were open. And Hazel wanted nothing to do with it. But one week, her mother was there at the church. And Hazel went to the church to go, go get her mother and bring her home. And she, Hazel told me the story. She says, she says, don't ask me to tell you how, honey, she said. But when I, got, when I got there, the Lord got me. Now, then Hazel came home with her mother and she told her sister that she had come to believe in Yeshua. And the sister said, did you walk forward at a meeting? She said, no. She said, well, then you're not a believer. Please, this kind of um, 
falling in love with your metaphor and making people a prisoner of your metaphor, uh, we got to cut that out. Uh, but there will be some kind of a means by which people indicate that it's the real deal. And we see this next one. Uh, actually, let's back up for a moment. Uh, that that the most common ritual of uh, of bonding uh, will eventually be immersion, and that's also the ritual of being welcomed into the community. Yitro, Moshe, and Aaron, and the elders of Israel eat a meal in the presence of God. That's what we read here. That's not talking about dinner time. It's not talking about lunch time. It's talking about a ritual of acceptance where the community uh, accepts the person as one of their own and where this person joins the community. So in, uh, in our life as Yeshua believers, uh, generally that is immersion. Uh, it's a, uh, 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 let's see, we call it Tevilat Mashiach is, is, is the, the Hebrew term for it, where we bond with Yeshua in faith and also with the community as part of the community. So following that, another aspect of people coming to Yeshua faith is active participation in community concerns. This is an amazing story. After Yitro comes to faith, after he offers a sacrifice to indicate that the God of Israel will be his God forever, after he has a meal with the elders and with Aaron and Moses, uh, and is thereby ratified as being part of the community, and he has that meal, by the way, it says they had it in the presence of God. So, very interesting. After that, the very next day, the next day, Yitro sees Moses out there settling disputes for everybody, and he's surrounded by a crowd of people like you see in this picture. Everybody's got their, their issue. And Yitro says, excuse me, what are you doing? He says, well, you know, the people come to me and they have problems and disputes and, and I deal with it. And Yitro says, you know, you're going to burn yourself out. That doesn't work too well. You need to appoint uh, captains of hundreds and fifties and tens and let them deal with the disputes and only the disputes that they cannot settle should come to you. Now notice, this guy has been a believer in the God of Israel one day. And already he is involved in directing the leader of the whole group and giving him wisdom. So when a person becomes a Yeshua believer, they need to become integrated into the community and they need to participate in the life of the community. Being a Yeshua believer is not a private thing. It is a social thing. It is becoming a brother and a sister to all other Yeshua believers. It is, it is a social and communal reality. And so that's another aspect of coming to Yeshua faith. I want to finish by looking a little more deeply at, at Yitro's experience, because I think this will be very helpful to you in understanding what happens when people come to Yeshua faith. Yitro has four encounters. First, he has a truth encounter. He uh, decides, 
yes, it's true. We used to have a man in our synagogue named Harry Greaves, not great guy. Harry Greaves was an engineer, had a wife who was a believer, Joyce. Harry was a Jewish guy from Brooklyn, not a believer. And he decided he was going to read the Bible in order to prove to himself it was not true. He told me this story. And uh, he said about halfway through the Bible, he realized that whatever questions I have, even if I, even if I haven't found the answers yet, they're somewhere in here. Halfway through the Bible, he became convicted that the Bible was fundamentally true in a deep way. So that's the first encounter. When people come to Yeshua faith, they come to recognize the truth of this whole worldview and this of what the Bible is saying and what it's saying about Yeshua. That's the truth encounter. Secondly, is a power encounter. Yitro decides that he's going to rely on the power of the God of Israel instead of the power of other gods. He realizes the God of Israel is more powerful than all the other gods. And you need to make a choice against other forms of spiritual empowerment. Many years ago, I knew a woman named Roberta. Roberta uh, was an astrologer, uh, a Jew. She was into astrology. She came to Yeshua faith. And then she wanted to throw her astrology books out, and she couldn't bring herself to throw them out. She wanted to, but she couldn't. She had to call for the elders of the community to help her do it. She was in a power encounter. She, the, the powers that were active in her life through her engagement with astrology were fighting against her, her allegiance to Yeshua. Uh, but she made a choice to rely on God's power instead. That's another part of coming to Yeshua faith for Yitro and for you, for me, for others. Truth encounter, I trust it's true. A power encounter, I also rely on God's power as supreme. Thirdly, is an allegiance encounter. It's not enough to know that it's true. It's not enough to believe in the power of God. Who do you serve? Choose this day, Joshua will say in Joshua 24, choose this day whom you will serve. If God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. But choose this day whom you will serve. And coming to Yeshua faith involves not only recognizing it's true, not only recognizing the power of God is active in Yeshua and through Yeshua, but it's also saying, I choose to follow, I choose to obey. Here's the fourth encounter, a communal encounter. I choose to be counted among this people. Uh, for Jews, there's a great stigma to being considered one of Yeshua's people. Uh, I can't fix that for you. In much of the world, uh, for being a Yeshua believer, you can get killed. You can get hacked to death in Nigeria. You can get burned to death. You can get thrown off a big, off, off a big building in Iran. If you're a Muslim and you convert to believing in Yeshua. In Afghanistan, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, but it was part of the constitution that if you found somebody 
who was a, a Muslim who converted to another faith, you could kill him uh, with, with impunity. So uh, the fourth encounter is to recognize you're gonna be counted among those people that are stigmatized and you need to get over it. So finally, here's our final point. We've got a job to do. It's really not rocket science. A God does all the heavy lifting. Uh, it begins with telling a story, your story, telling other stories. It begins also with praying for the person. I'll finish this with, I've been thinking about the person who led me to Yeshua faith, Andrea. Andrea was a fellow student of mine at Manhattan School of Music. And uh, I came to Yeshua faith in November of my 19th year. So uh, I was just two months past my 19th birthday. Um, I had started going to this Bible study that she had in the cafeteria of Manhattan School of Music sometime in late September, early October. I figure it was about seven weeks. At any rate, after I came to Yeshua faith, she reminded me that maybe six or seven or eight months before, I had walked her home from Manhattan School of Music on 105th Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenue, that's where it used to be, down to a, uh, a YWCA where she lived. On, in, it was in the 70s, about 79th Street. So from 105th Street to 79th Street, 26 blocks. Actually, uh, 30, 36 blocks. Uh, no, it's uh, 21, uh, 21 and 5, 26, 26 blocks. At any rate, she reminded me that on that previous occasion, she had sought to share her faith with me, but it was like sowing seed on granite. I did not even remember the conversation. But six, seven months later, when she invited me to that discussion group in the cafeteria, it was my time. Between that time and this time, she had prayed for me. Other people had prayed for me. So, like I say, God does the heavy lifting. She prayed for me. Other people were praying for me. And when the time came, I was something of a pushover. When formally, I was impervious. So, I hope I've given you some help. And I want you to recognize that so many of the answers that we seek just as in the case of my friend Harry Grease, he felt the answers are somewhere in here. So, so many of the answers that we seek, including the answers about how we share our faith, are in this book. I encourage you to read it, and I thank you for your attention, and we give thanks to God for his holy and true word in Yeshua's name. Amen. <laughs>